Hello there, welcome to the Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights Hill's Republic. Today we're joined by Kevin, the mastermind behind the KOTOR movie saga and the Revan series on YouTube. So this is a spoiler alert for the Knights Hill's Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows. This is where the golden anniversary begins. Let's get diving into our first topic. So why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, uh, my name is Kevin Smets, um, and I created the KOTOR movie trilogy originally, way back, started in 2006. Back, Actually, it was a brain product of something a couple years prior where I was playing the game and I got to the twist and I was like, oh my God, that is just as good as anything in the, in the movies. And I wanted to show my roommate and I knew that he wouldn't ever take the time to play a 60 hour game. He, this wasn't his kind of cup of tea, but he loved Star Wars. So I was like, well, I don't want him to just tell him. So let me just create these movies instead. So even though it would have only taken him, you know, 35 hours or whatever it would have been to get to the twist or whatever, it, it ended up taking me because the twist happens for me in the second movie. So it took me 10 years to finally get him to twist, but he finally saw it in a movie form and he loved it. And yeah, that kind of started the whole pathway uh, of making these KOTOR movies uh, with Machinima because I was just like, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that maybe aren't role-playing game fans or wouldn't take the time. And I'm like, what? This was before there weren't really that many long plays online back then. And I didn't want to do a long play because I knew what those were. And I was like, no, but like I'm an editor. I went to film school and like, you know, in between edit jobs, it's always good to like stay sharp. And I was like, well, what if I try to, you know, make a movie out of this? And then the KOTOR game, the Xbox original had this, this code that if you did it at the option screen, uh, a little thing would come up and it would say punch it, Chewy. And it would basically free the camera. So you could use your Xbox. It was probably for the developers. So you'd use your Xbox to move or controller to move around whatever uh, room you're in. And you know how that game goes. If you start your characters attacking, you can do the code at such a timing right before they go on to their attack that you could free the camera and then just zoom the camera in and out of all of these characters making their atta- their attacks and stuff. So it kind of started from there. And then uh, after the first movie, it got a, a pretty huge following. And then people that were way more talented at computers than I am actually were like, well, why instead of doing the Xbox, we should do it on the PC version, which has better res. And, uh, you know, some of these guys, you know, there's the huge modding community out there. I'm sure you're familiar with the KOTOR 2 mods and stuff. Uh, they were like, well, why, we could open up the game like a toolbox. And so you just tell us what you want and uh, we'll be able to do it. So uh, that combined with, um, you know, some of the CGI talents of my team too, where they can, you know, completely do full on space, space scenes and stuff like that. Or a, we had a swoop bike chase in KOTOR 1 but yeah I completely stripped all the music all the sound effects for the most part and then uh, I re- I voiced the main character of Logan Star and used most of the char- most of the characters in the games that's a long winded answer to tell you that yeah that's where, that's where I came from for the KOTOR movies but yeah and then I just completely edited into movies with, with music I did a total score uh, rescore you know and made it more cinematic I love the score from the games don't get me wrong yeah. I tried to use some of it as an homage but for me it just felt better using soundtracks in the first movie, weaving it in and out with Star Wars themes, so it didn't feel like a fan film. Most fan films just reuse every Star Wars track you remember, right? 
Well, they used to back in 2006. So for me, I was like, well, I, I love soundtracks. I'm going to find music that I think could work in the Star Wars universe. And then if you intercut it with the Force theme or Vader's theme, but then you have Muppet Treasure Island, all of a sudden transition to music from The Last Samurai, and then it transitions to music from Outbreak, and then it goes back into a, a, the Force theme. Uh, it kind of tricks your brain into thinking, wow, this is a new soundtrack, but it still has some of the old classics. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna say too, like with the with the recent focus too, with like the DCMA takedowns, having alternative tracks is key to success. Otherwise, you can get into some major kind of legal issues with the music that you use. So um, you probably noticed with our yeah. podcast, we did hire some uh, a couple people that we'll plug later who uh, help us with our theme music and our transition music. So you know they're huge help for just making sure that we can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, episode three gets shut down, usually blocked worldwide about once a year. And I always write a letter and I contest it and I just try to say, hey, this is, I, I say it falls in fair use. What I try to tell them in the letter is like, hey, this is just a going to show that you can utilize music from many different forms of media in, into one focus, you know, as something as simple as a video game. And usually that lifts the ban. As of right now, I think episode three is still visible in most countries. I, th- I think if you're in North Korea, you can't see it though. So, well, I guess you have a lot of other problems if, if you're in North Korea. The newest Revan episode, I got an email and it was like, blocked in North Korea, Iraq, and Beirut, I think. It was like random, like four random spots on the yeah. globe. One of the questions I had coming in here was kind of how you kind yeah. of put together some of these assets. Because the first thing I thought of was like how, how like authentic they felt to the original like visuals of maybe maybe with a lot of like uprising and things but i was like wow yeah you could pull just about all this from from the game this looks like it's like true cutscene footage that was one of the for the revenge story especially i didn't want to so we're doing prequels based on the mandalorian wars we have a full movie script it was going to be a movie originally and we decided to split it into episodes because there's just so much everything in the Revan universe takes place before KOTOR and my main marching order as director was like, listen, I don't want anyone looking at this thinking, oh, this is KOTOR 2, a cutscene that will, you know, it's, it's a mod for KOTOR 1. My goal was let's have every environment everywhere look like, oh my god, this is what KOTOR 3 would have looked like, you know, even though it's a prequel, but like the main thing was like, it hasn't released, but when there's scenes on Coruscant, like we have Coruscant, I was like, I don't want it to look like um, Nar Shada. and so we were able to replace the backgrounds with movie movie Coruscant, like the backgrounds with flying ships and stuff like that, or just making sure that Onderon looked war-torn and looked nothing like it does in KOTOR 2, and that was... My main thing was like, let's try to make it look like it would be if KOTOR 3 was released in, you know, 2008. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't that be interesting if KOTOR 3 finally released and it was about the Mandalorian War? So, you know, we've utilized assets from the MMO that we can bring in. You know, there's a lot of different tools. uh, And that's over my head, to be honest, because like for me, I'm just I'm good at editing because that's what I do for I edit for television and stuff like that. So my bread and butter comes from editing and directing the voice actors and, uh, you know, I co-wrote with uh, Greg Mitchell, who's just this talented, um, well, he wrote the script, but we co-wrote the story. Well, no, I guess we, I worked on the script, too. We both did. But he, he did the heavy lifting for the script for Revan. And it is, I'm telling you, uh, as a movie script alone, if you were to read it, like, and just imagine actors in it, it it's, it's such a good story. And I can't wait for people to see it. The pilot is basically like the opening of our Revan show. And what happens in the movie script and what will happen in the show eventually 
is when he's on the rooftop. I don't know if you guys saw the episode, but when he's on the rooftop and you hear everybody like chanting, Lord Revan, Lord Revan, the background start, just like in the original trailer we did where it went from nice to war-torn, the background dissolves from war-torn into pristine, nice Onderon, and then it says three years earlier, and basically the first movie is marching back to how we got there at the height of the war. So you see what the galaxy was like before the Mandalorian invasion. Then we have the Mandalorian invasion, which... Um, you know, as you know, in the games, it's like it happens in three separate sectors. I'm aging myself here, but growing up, the movie Red Dawn, the 80s version, not the remake, the 80s version of Red Dawn, where Russians flew out of the sky with parachutes and landed, always stuck with me. And what we have for the Mandalorian invasion when they come and invade Onderon, but meanwhile, it's happening in all the different sectors. It's going to be, it is something I cannot wait to put to film. I prefer 80s Red Dawn to the new Red Dawn, so... <laughs> yeah, me too, for sure. <laughs> well, one has Chris Hemsworth, so you know we know where we know where Cassie yeah. goes. No, <laughs> where can our viewers find you on YouTube? Yeah, uh, they can find if right now. I think let me just check as I if uh, we bought the domain Revan Trilogy because it was going to be a trilogy of movies. So if you go to revantrilogy.com, it'll put you to the Kotor movie saga. Or if you just type in Star Wars Kotor movie, you can you can find it. Or Revan the Mandalorian Wars, you can find us there. Um, and then on Instagram and on Twitter, there's Kotor underscore trilogy. That is the the username for that. Or you can find me too on uh, Twitter. I'm pretty active at, at Kev Smets K E V S M E T S. And you'll see there. And just so I don't so I don't bury the lead or there's an elephant in the room. Um, I'm on a character or I play. I'm on a show called the Movie Trivia Schmodown. I don't know if you guys have come across that in your circles. They have a great Star Wars trivia division, too, with Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, Alex DiMolanta. A lot of these um, – or, sorry, Andrew DiMolanta. A lot of these guys are pros at their trivia. But I bring, I bring that up because I was a character on it. Uh, it's basically movie trivia meets wrestling. So you have the pageantry and sportsmanship of UFC, but then with storylines like wrestling and characters like wrestling. And I was Kevin the Smasher Smets, and I actually won a year ago this week. I won the Inner Geekdom title. If you if you're gonna look it up, just look up Movie Trivia Schmodown. You can get an idea of what it's about. And so I tweet on there a lot, but I just recently this year I had to be forced to retire for now because uh, I got diagnosed with stage three colorectal cancer, colon cancer. So. What has happened out of that community has been nothing but love. They created a, a hashtag called Smash Cancer. Um, if you look up any hashtag of Smash Cancer, you'll see it. They've made merchandise, um, hoodies you can buy because my character always wears hoodies and pops the hoodie. And it's funny. I'm, I'm supposed to be this tough bad guy, not bad guy character, but this tough badass character where I, I walk down to the ring with a hoodie and then I answer questions about Harry Potter. So how tough can you really look? But that's what's the, kind of the fun of the show. Uh, but yeah, um, you can find me there. Um, but you know, I'm just telling you that uh, as far as the cancer diagnosis goes, because the the community there has surrounded me with love, and so has the Kotor fans. And it does it is going to uh, affect some of the Kotor releases that we had planned next year, uh, the Revan releases. But I can get into that before I leave. We got some good news that I wanted to break on your show. I talked to oh. the guys and. Yeah, uh, it'll be at the end of the show. I'll tell you, uh, we're going to break the news with you guys, so then we'll wait and hold off and, and tell the fans later. So. All right. Awesome. Thank you uh, for including us in uh, some of your journey. And uh, uh, sure. in case we didn't say before, we're just uh, so thankful you're able to come on. Uh, cancer, when friends and family get it, it it's hard, and we're, we're just so uh, grateful you came on. Yeah. It's gonna be a fun show. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad, and you guys are great. And 
listen, you know, my energy stores kind of sometimes run out, but you know, when I talk about KOTOR and I talk to good people like you guys, it kind of gives me the energy. So, you know, finishing that Revan thing was very important to finish by the end of the year. It was going to be finished way earlier. Um, and then when my cancer diagnosis happened, everything kind of be put on pause. And so it was kind of important to me and the guys and the fellas. We were just like, hey, let's try to get this out before the end of the year. I know I'm dealing with this. And so they kind of rallied and helped me out. Uh, usually I do most of the sound design, but Brandon Twig, uh, who is the animator on the squad, uh, he did the sound design, which was fantastic. So, uh, and, I'm, and I'm a sound design snob. And if you hear, if you watch that Revan movie or, or the Revan episode with your headphones, he knocked it out of the park. So, and then of course, Jenks with all the CG. So the, the squad has been so helpful in kind of picking up my slack because I've been under treatment. I've been undergoing radiation and chemotherapy at the same time while also having a uh, newborn. Literally the week I started chemo was when my newborn daughter joined us here too. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's been a, a crazy, hectic couple months, but my head's in the right place. And uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, diving in, I've noticed diving into the things that gave me comfort back in the day, have given me comfort, great comfort uh, in the present day. And that includes KOTOR, obviously. And that's how I found your guys' podcast, honestly. It was just uh, wanting to, you know, kind of just escape out of it. And then hearing that you guys uh, have some great conversations about KOTOR, kind of that's when I really kind of caught on with you guys. We're glad that you have a community with uh, KOTOR, with your Smash characters. So yeah. you're being supported. So that, that's great. Um, yeah, it's great. They did a fundraiser, 31-hour fundraiser. Again, if you if you know the movie Trivia Schmodown, it's it's very there's a diehard fan base. They have after shows, they have people that cover it. It's just like a sport and uh they have we have we go to live events. They sell out theaters and packed houses and stuff like that, but they did this 30-hour stream where people donated money and they raised in in literally 30 hours they raised over $15,000 cuz I'm going to have to stop working and all that. So they're they're a fantastic community. To kind of uh, circle back a bit, um, sure. How how did you uh, discover Kotor? Myself, I remember hearing about it um, and people talking about the story, um, and I had gotten a new job, uh, and I, I well, it was back before I was an editor when I was just a PA, but I got a nice job at a miniature effects company. With the first paycheck, I finally got an Xbox, and I just I just remember all I bought was the Xbox and, and Kotor, and then just dive dove right in and it just i i ne it just was so amazing to me it was just it blew me away and especially when you get to that twist you know it was something that i was spoiler free about so it, that twist just hit me like a ton of bricks you know because when i saw the cover i was like oh it's star wars but it's like different it's different star wars and i'm like it's four thousand years before the movies like <laughs> yeah that's cool and when you play it like I'm like, ooh, the graphics are really good. I mean, for 2003, I think I think they're great. Funny you say that. We still get, whenever we do any, all of our diehard fans of KOTOR and Revan love our movies. They love them. They would do anything for it. We have the Discord. We have the, the Facebook group and the Twitter followers and stuff. They love the, the subscribers. They love it. We just hit 10,000 subscribers last week, actually. Uh, right before the Revan premiere. But um, whenever I would do Facebook marketing, I'd always market. You can, you can buy marketing. I don't know if you guys have done that for your podcast. It's actually a pretty good tool because um, you can literally seek out and be like anyone who has ever liked anything with the word Revan in it. You can target their timeline um, and then they'll get a sponsored link. And so usually, you know, you show a picture of Revan's mask and you say, hey, Revan movie coming soon. And I would always make sure to call it Machinima. But it's funny, whenever I would do the marketing for the diehard fans, they love it. But whenever I would do 
marketing for just the general public who don't know about my movies. So you're not marketing to your group, but you're marketing to the public. I would always get people that would like write these negative comments like, what is this, like Atari graphics? Because people are so used to like the the amazing graphics you see on consoles today, what with Fallen Order and all that, like that they hate on the KOTOR graphics. But I think we've embraced it where we're like, look, if we're going to tell a story in the KOTOR world um, using their assets, we want it to feel that retro vibe. It's like this is what would have been our version of a KOTOR 3, you know what I mean? That's the perfect fusion for this uh, Revan prequel series was like why we were like, dude, we were kicking ourselves. We're like, we need to get these out here because like you see how much KOTOR has. I mean, if you don't think that the director of the Crate Dragon episode wasn't a fan of KOTOR, you got another thing coming. I love how they kind of punked the KOTOR fans, though, at first. They did what you how you kill the dragon in, in, in the game, but then that didn't work, which is like, yeah, this is the real world. Like, this is how it would work. Yeah, that was just great. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful synergy. Yeah, and I think it's great that, like I said, with Mandalorian out, and they talk about it, they mention, like, oh, we used to have a, a war with their kind. And the fact is they're talking about the war that's mentioned in the KOTOR game. So for me, us, it was like, we need to get at least this first pilot episode out where it shows Mandalorians versus Jedi, even if it's with these old graphics, because I think some people will be interested in it. And it was such a great way to be able to um advertise for it because it's like it is mandalorian war lore like that's how we're pitching it it's like do you want to see the war they're talking about in the mandalorian here it is in all its you know 2003 graphics glory <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons uh kotor is still getting mentions like in the mandalorian today is it's kind of like a prequel universe but you have kind of a story that's evocative of the original trilogy so i think it's like kind of everything everyone loves about star wars in one package and you get to be in control you get to design the lightsaber you get to choose light or dark and you even get to choose your name so uh, fast forwarding yeah. to the movie how did you come upon the name logan star if you see i caden century studios i every story i ever wrote growing up i used to write like sci-fi books and then like uh, scripts and i made video games out of it and the main character's name was Caden century and i was like i really want that's a good one and i for some reason when i set it up though when i was playing kotor originally um and i usually when any ever you can name a character i would always name it Caden century <laughs> but for some reason when i got there i was like i don't just Caden century in my brain is so not star wars it's something else you know or it just for me, I was like, well, I love Logan because I love Wolverine. So, uh, and then Star with the two R's, I was just kind of come up with like a, you know, like a Skywalker type last name. So Logan Star completely, w w Logan was named after Wolverine basically. Um, and then I was able to use the Caden Century Studios to keep that homage. And then Caden Century is actually a character that we wrote and added for episode three. Yeah. Did you guys know about those movies? I'm always curious, like, have you guys known about the movies before? Um, when I joined the Movie Trivia Schmodown, people who would recognize my voice, and it's small, look, I'm, we're not viral by any means, 10,000 subs is great, but, you know, it's still funny how close-knit the community is. I remember when I had my first match, someone recognized my voice and then realized, oh my god, shit, that's the voice of Logan Starr, so... 
I'm always curious how people find my movies. Had you been aware of them before we con- connected? I did. I, I've i been a KOTOR fan since, like, KOTOR came out. And then nice. sometimes I'm always like, there should be a movie. And I'm like, sometimes you're just like, maybe I'll just search, like, KOTOR movie and see what's here on YouTube. And be like, so- occasionally you see a fan film, like, kind of, like, with costumes and people. Yeah. Like, they're fun, but then I was like, what? This is two hours, and it's, like, episode one. I'm like, is this really a trilogy? And then I would just watch it, and I'm like, ooh, cool. It's, like, it's free, yeah. you know? And, like, it, it was a it was a great it was a great movie, and I watched all three of them, and I, I thought oh. you did an excellent job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely, I'm re- really proud. The, there's going to be a special edition of the second one, which uh, the second one's really good. The third one, we're just really proud of. That's when the team really kind of came together, um, and we we premiered it at like a film festival, and like we had to finish in time for this deadline. And like, if you notice from the game, the the Battle of Starforge is pretty quick. There's like three cutscenes of Jedi fighting, but in the movie, it covers literally almost the last like 40 minutes of the movie. And I wanted it to feel big and epic, and I really was inspired a lot for this Battle of Starforge, ironically, by the Battle of Hogwarts. I thought that the uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 did a good job of having a battle last so long, but still having stories being told within all the big battles. So what we do on our podcast is we talk about KOTOR news, Star Wars news, but one thing we, we've been kind of doing for the last uh, 20 episodes on and off is recapping the game of KOTOR, and then every so often we talk about how we would adapt it into a movie. And Mm -hmm. one thing I noticed is that your episode one, I mean, it had been a few years since I had seen it. When we were talking about it, I was like, I think the best structure for episode one, like of a proposed, like a a hypothetical KOTOR trilogy would be like, you start on the Endar Spire and then Terrace, you maybe get off like the first or second act. And then mm-hmm. Dantooine and then Kashik, And then I was re-watching the episodes for this podcast. And I was like, oh, you, you chose it. the same script structure. My original order, I wanted to end on Tatooine. Because this is back in 2005 or six, And I was like, anything to connect, you know, anything that's familiar, you always want to go to Tatooine in the Star Wars movies. I mean, George Lucas probably went there almost every movie, right? I remember also thinking, well, Tatooine, like, how does that end? Like, you, you want the first movie of a trilogy if you, th- we wanted it to end almost like self-contained, you know what I mean? Like, that, oh, this is, this is the story, and, and you wanted to, I just felt it would be better to end on a happy note, and for me, all the planets, the only one that really had some big battle at the end, then you could end it legitimately with just a bunch of Wookiees dancing is Kashyyyk, you know, um, so, or Kashyyyk, they say it both ways in the game. So I thought it was uh, interesting to do that. So I ended up pushing Tatooine to the second movie. And I think that works because like, I think I agree with your order. I just think that uh, ending the first movie with, you know, establishing with the Wookiees and uh, having that big celebration at the end, you can end on a happy note because everything kind of takes a shit after, after this. In the second movie, it ends really dark. You know what I mean? With, uh, yeah the destruction of Dantooine and, and the revelation and stuff like that. And it's like, I can't imagine you going to Kashyyyk and then freeing all the Wookiees and being happy about that in the yeah. middle of the dark turn, you know, the downturn. Like the, the whole scavenger hunt sequence of KOTOR, I have like that yeah. big internal debate of like, how much of that do we actually want to include or do we want to simplify that? And so that, that plays a huge part on, I guess, how this whole second movie would even structure. The second movie... 
but uh, I never really liked Manon when I played the games. So if you see, like, the, we had two versions. There's a two-and-a-half-hour version, and then there was a 90-minute version. Because when we first got invited to a film festival, we were only given 90 minutes. So I took the two-and-a-half-hour version, somehow cut an hour out of it. Um, that's why we're going to release this special edition for episode two. But uh, Manon is literally, like, the first ten minutes. It's just this action sequence, and they get off Manon, and you're already back on Dantooine. Um, so you, I, I use Manon as, like, the, you know, the, the opening, you know, the opening... Uh, notes for the for the battle and then they get off there and then they already have that star map so then they go back to Dantooine and then that's when they go to Tatooine yeah and then you know figuring we'd go you know you want to save the best for last and uh, I thought it was really a good idea to end episode do episode three the first half of episode three finishing up that scavenger hunt with Korriban the last star map is located in the one place the galaxy in the galaxy where the dark side's strongest, you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine that, having to go there? So, I thought that worked for the darkness of it. I think that Korriban's much more interesting of a planet when Revan knows that he's Revan. And I play with that a lot. And those are new scenes that we wrote for episode three. But when, you know, I, ha I created this thing where Revan's old Jedi lightsaber is on display at the Sith Academy. That's not in the game. We completely added it. I mean, dude, we have a whole swoop bike race that I did an animatic for that was a literal, almost shot-for-shot -shot recreation of the speeder bike chase on Endor, and we have that in episode one on Dantooine in the Dantooine Plains, and they're going in and out of the, the bridges over the water. It's really great. But for episode three, yeah, I added a complete side thing where, like, his, his lightsaber is on display there, and it's just more interesting that, like, no one knows that he's Revan, but he knows he's Revan, and he's in these halls where everybody's, like, worshipping him, and, and then, you know, he comes back for his lightsaber, which is a pretty cool scene where he's like, I gotta get something that belongs to me. And then that, that's how we go from... Revan's green saber in the first two movies back to his blue you know I know there's canon of different saber colors that he had but yeah so we kind of just covered them all yeah I feel like there's canon for Revan having like every single color at this point yeah, yeah when people complain about Revan like they're like well that's not the face I would use like the Chinese man and honestly like when I first selected that face I didn't even know I didn't if you look at the assets it's they call it Asian face one or whatever and I remember there's people that complain and they, they say really negative things about like, why would you cast an Asian as your Revan? Or that's not canon. It should be the mullet guy. Or, you know, there, I remember back in 2006 or seven, there was rumors that the Scarface face was the, was the uh, original Revan or whatever. But for me, I always respond to those people that are being negative about, you know, wh whatever. When I picked the face, I just thought he was the coolest looking face to me. I was like, that, that's my Revan. Or I didn't know it was Revan at the time. But uh, I always say the beauty about the games are you Revan's whoever you wanted it to be. It could be a, it could she could be a she, you yeah. know. Like so for me, the Revan in my story is uh, this face, and that's what's great. It's you can play the game and you can do it your own way. And uh, and then I just made a joke that don't worry in the in the pilot episode of Revan, uh, he never takes his mask off. So you you could watch that one before you get upset, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we do fan cast. Sometimes we, we race bend them, and sometimes we get, you know, like, not yeah. great feedback. And it's like, these characters, like, the most important thing is a good story and the acting and the characterization, like. But these characters yeah. can be anyone, and Revan can be any race, and, like, male or female. and so. Yeah, Revan was you. Revan was me. Revan was everyone who played the game. So, you know... Short of making a deep, you know, someone I remember messaged at the end of the third. He's like, "That's great. Can you redo them all with the face that I played?" I'm like, "No. <laughs> no. Like, this is just this is our story. We call it the Logan verse. Um, the fans they they'll call it the Logan verse. Um, 
and people will say is that Logan versus Cannon and stuff like that, which is kind yeah, of great. Yeah, I was but, I was gonna yeah. add in that like that's what made like Kotor stand out among the competition at the time of like Star Wars Battlefront and those is that like it wasn't just a Star Wars story. It was technically one of the first of, of like my my perceived knowledge at the time of like the first time that it was my story to play. Yeah, and uh, and you know outside of Dungeons and Dragons, like that was that was like an anomaly for a video game. And so that was, that was like the big draw was that like, I am experiencing my star Wars story. And it is kind of funny. I Yeah. Cassie kind of say that we, we do get, but like we do get a little <laughs> chatter about how, like how they would do it differently. And I think, you know, it's totally fine. I mean, that's kind of like the spirit of KOTOR. And, but I think as far as the Revan novel and those go is that there had to be like someone who put the foot down and say like, this is the canon, And I mean, yeah you know it's it's the canon <laughs> i guess whenever i like to be a smart ass i'll be like well actually they they made all of legends not canon anyway so it's exactly. legends you know there is no canon revan yet so but yeah it's it's interesting and i, I listen I, every can revan's important to a lot of different people so you know uh i know that they had the revan i mean i have my thoughts about the revan novel i thought it was good writing i love drew and i i think everything and i just thought that it was it was a novel to sell the MMO. It was to sell Revan being in the MMO of where he's at. I, I would have preferred it not to do that. Um, but And then, you know, my earliest complaints about the MMO was that they made Revan almost like a mini-boss, but then they totally remedied that when they actually had the huge Revan expansion. And, and, you know, I've seen and I've played the MMO. I actually am a fan of the MMO. I love the art direction and style for it. But, like, as a Revan purist, I just thought that that storyline from KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 needed its own game or needed its own way to kind of wrap it up and i'll get into that with our big announcement at the end of the show here but i will say this i don't are you guys fans of the novel and the mmo or no we're both not really big fans of the revan novel um just because it does kind of serve as this cap and kind of like a band-aid cap to the trilogy um i'm currently playing through the 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 mmo and i'm kind of like off and on about it like i i feel this is something more towards like mmos in general for me but I feel it's a little aimless with some Star Wars story kind of going on in the background, but it doesn't quite like yeah. push you into like a, a needed direction that the older games do. Yeah. And so it's just kind of hard to like keep that attention with SOTOR as opposed to the older games. I felt the same way about the Revan novel. It just kind of felt like you didn't really get a whole lot of characters from the... KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2, and I just felt like they were kind of pushed out of the way, and so it's not my favorite. I'm going to reread it, and we'll probably review it on the podcast and like be like, here are the pros, here are the cons, but uh, I love the cinematic trailers for SWOTOR. Just for any future director of Star Wars, I, I would be like, try to make something like that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it would epic. be amazing, and the game is still going strong. There is just an update... I just have personally never felt drawn to play it, but I am aware of some of the story beats, but my heart is kind of more with Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Yeah, um, Knights in the Darkness Part 2. So so I had my movies, 1, 2, and 3, and then this guy Brandon Twig, known as Darth Icy, he had his own trilogy of movies or saga of KOTOR 2 movies. He helped us with episode three. He came in because he's a fan of our movies. And I was like, hey, I, we need all the help we can get. I have to, we got invited at the end of, we had a film festival screening for episode two. 
uh, the 90 minute version. And it, it, we had the 501st, like there was 501st stormtroopers. They set up a whole thing. There's pictures where you could see like stormtroopers and was, people had like lightsabers. And it was in this hall where we had a big premiere. And it was before Star Wars was on. It was back before Star Wars was even announced to have sequels coming. So it was like, this is how you can, we were advertising it, like see Star Wars on the big screen again. And at the end of the Q&A, the guy said, would you like to come back and screen episode three a year from now? And we're like, sure. So then we all of a sudden had this crazy deadline, and I we were way behind. And so Twig came, Brandon Twig came, and then helped out and really saved and did you know a killer job at episode three a lot, especially the Starforge stuff. But I say that because he had his own trilogy, and people were like, "Well, when are you going to do a Kotor two trilogy?" I'm like, "Well, I love what Brandon did already. I don't think we need to do anything." And so he was just about to release the last movie. It's a fourth movie. He split the last movie into two, and it was called Knights of the Darkness Part Two. And we did this whole reveal trailer because basically what he does uh, in Nights in the Darkness Part 2, which is I think something Cassia, especially uh, if you like the other movies and you did want to see what happens with Logan in, in our Logan verse, he took the novel, the everything that happens on Drum and Cass or whatever, he t- totally translated it into movie form using the game engine from KOTOR 2, complete with Revan being tied up by or captured by Nyrus complete with Mitra freeing him and giving his mask back or, you know, all of the, the great things that uh, happen. Because that part's kind of cool, right? Are we allowed to speak spoilers on the novel, I guess? Go for it. Gotcha. So, you know, Mitra getting stabbed in the back, I thought was such a stupid move. Like, just killing off, like, that's that's people's character that they loved in KOTOR 2 so much. And just to kill her off by getting stabbed in the back. So he does everything, though. We have We have Scourge in there. And Scourge stabs her in the back. She falls dead. The em- We have the Emperor. We do this. He has the whole thing. It's really great. I only voiced my character. But we revealed to the audience with the trailer that his movies were in the Loganverse. Because at the end, just like Chewie were home, we cut to black and then it fades in. And you see Mitra come up and free Logan. And Logan turns around and says, about damn time. And then that revealed to the fans, like, holy crap, that's Logan. Basically, he took the KOTOR Nights in the Darkest Part 2, the last 50 minutes are basically the the events in the Revan novel. But what happens is Mitra gets stabbed in the back. Everything happens just like in the novel. And then Revan gets captured or all that, and the Emperor stands victorious. And then all of a sudden it flashes back to uh, Mitra, uh, and she's back in the cave before everything happened. And we basically say that everything that Mitra saw or everything you just saw in the movie, we do that. It's kind of a thing. There's a movie where everything you just saw that happened in the novel was in Mitra's vision. And so Mitra is just about, they're just about to, and it's just almost like Back to the Future. You see this scene happen again where Scourge is like, are you ready to go? And Mitra turns around and kills Scourge. And Logan's like, what the heck did you just do? And she's like, trust, you know, I, I'm, I'm really shortchanging it. But she's basically like, I saw a vision in the forest. Like, we this, going this path is not our path. We need to do something else. And so they run off. And so basically completely freeing us up from that the Loganverse now is not really tied to the canon of SWOTOR. It's not that that didn't happen, because it did happen, but it's in. The, we kind of try to pair it off like how the Star Trek movies did, where like, all the original Star Trek still happen, but Star Trek 09, J.J. Abrams made it like, he made sense that, oh, well, this alternate version is happening too, you know what I mean? If you're a big fan of KOTOR, and, and people that are fans of the Revan novel... He did the Revan novel justice by showing those scenes. You could literally see half of the Revan novel come to life, animated in the KOTOR engine. Um, and then we just decided, but we weren't fans of how you did that, what you did to Mitra and Logan and, or to Revan. And so 
they pause, it, it rewinds back, and then she's like, whoa, what the heck did I just see? And then she, she, stops, she stops Scourge dead in his tracks. And that's going to allow us to tell stories after, so we can do our own, finally, our own official kind of KOTOR 3. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and it's, we didn't want to disrespect what Drew did. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. that mastermind, you know. So we wanted to show it, and then we just wanted to be like, yeah, but we're the Logan-verse, you guys. Uh, Logan is bald, and he has the, the cool mustache, you know what I mean, or the goatee. <laughs> There's different things. We re- I rewrote Euthura completely from scratch. If you watch episode three, when you're on Korriban with Euthura, who's one of my favorite characters, and I rewrote it to, to really form a bond between her and Logan when he's in the Sith Academy, and I had my mom re- revoice it. My mom was a stage actress, so like... Um, you know, a lot of the fan, uh, you know, you always worry, like, are they going to have backlash? Like, we like the original Euthura, but everybody across the board thought that Euthura was a great improvement. Because we basically, I thought, what a great story is if Euthura's dad fought in the Mandalorian Wars as a Jedi, and he came back with PTSD. And what does a Jedi have PTSD? That means he's, he's waking up in the middle of the night, he, the room outstretched, uh, he's, so she walks in. So her backstory, instead of just this, you know, Sith, academy uh, teacher that's kind of you know mean and, and wants to usurp the others let's give her a cool backstory so she can relate to Revan more uh, and then her backstory that she was basically forced to kill her dad she walks in in the room and her dad is choking the force out of her mom and ends up killing his the dad kills the mom because he's just in the middle of a forced dream a horrible PTSD so I was like that's a crazy story like real life you know, I think sometimes adding real life stuff to Star Wars, it's like Euthura walks in on her dad cho- choking her mom, and then that's the first time Euthura ever used Force Lightning. And she talks about the first time you use it, it hurts. She's talking about it's the first, you know, the, the interesting feeling of the first time you ever use Force Lightning, and then that's what set her off on her dark side journey. She was forced to kill her dad, you know. These are stories that you still, it's still within the fabric and the frame of the great backstories and, and the skeleton that drew. Uh, made in these games but it also allowed us to kind of tell our own version of it and that's the logan verse and that's what people kind of come to expect that we kind of go off on tangents and have our own side stories and stuff like that but it's created this cohesive little universe that was that worked perfectly with brandon twigs trilogy and my trilogy and now the prequels and anything else we do in the future i i enjoyed that you took the story of kotor and you told it over a trilogy and you added and kind of tweaked tweak things so it worked and because sometimes it would just kind of be fun to be, have an easter egg and be like instead of swoops on terrace it's uh, some pod racers and oh, yeah. you see yeah. at and rand and i'm like hey there there's i love that you caught that yeah we so. would do random things <laughs> we do random things like that i think uh we have mira in the cantina in episode two i would always kind of throw in little we had um we had sign if you watch the, if you watch the the Sith Academy and Korriban, uh, they go to a club or whatever, and there's everybody dancing. There's a shot of a dude. It's basically a reskinned Scion because uh, someone had said, like, in the timeline of that, Scion wasn't totally screwed up by then. And so I have a shot, just like your Atten shot you caught. You could find Scion. He's literally in the Sith Academy chilling with a drink. <laughs> oh, I think, I think I missed that. I'll have to watch that again. But one question <laughs> I did have is 
What made you decide to cut out some characters like Juhani? Uh, her role is kind of uh, different. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, I just, because I didn't have a lot of help when I first did the Xbox version. And like, whenever you pick up a new person, like you can only have three people. And so whenever I was doing group battle scenes, I'd have to have like a, a group of three you, that you'd have. And, but um, your main character always has to be one of them, right? So you'd free the camera up and then you'd watch these two, the other two, like you'd have, uh, you know, you see Joe Lee Bindo and uh, Zalbar were fighting on Kashyyyk and the rest were down at the Shadowlands or whatever. I did that almost by design because you have to go back and then reshoot everything with another character. And so Juhani, I, I always liked her storyline and everything like that. Uh, but it, for me, it was just like, I, I got to make it simple. I didn't even want, I didn't have HK-47 early on because Kashyyyk starts first, you know. Um, and so I was like, the less the better for now because with the Xbox, it just takes too much work. And then... Uh, you know, we were going to do, and I, I still like to do it. We wrote a script for Juhani's fall. So we have this other Jedi named Caden Sentry who's in episode three. And we decided that basically we're going to do a HOTOR episode. HOTOR is Heroes of the Old Republic, which was going to be a, a series of webisodes where they'd be self-contained short stories. Some of them would be two-parters. But basically we'd tell different stories wherever we wanted to on the timeline. And one of them was going to be, I wanted to give Juhani every do because we love i love juhani and so the premiere episode we have the script written we just haven't shot it is caden century is basically the character that frees juhani from the, the that area in the game that that plot where you free her up near, near those um statues and stuff like that so we actually have an idea of that and then the my plan was and you see her in the special edition episode three she's there uh you know, so you see she's in the starforge uh, battle and the plan was we were going to have very back to the future part two ish <laughs> we were going to have um uh, the battle of the star forge as told from juhani's eyes uh, we had a full episode plan for that too where you'd see what she was doing with her strike team because uh, we we established in the movie that we have all these different strike teams going off so juhani was going to get in the premiere episode freed by Caden. And then at the finale of the first season, we were going to have this Battle of Starforge, but uh, from Juhani's angle. Which I always, I love things where you see something from different angles, you know what I mean? And because kind of in our hypothetical KOTOR trilogy we kind of talk about, um, I was kind of like, as I was re-watching yours, I'm like, oh, like, that's interesting. Just kind of like our structure's kind of the same like i have a english background a creative writing background um, nice we need to get you on our team you could help write <laughs> our stories oh that, that would be cool but <laughs> yeah so because i'm i'm kind of thinking of ways to adapt it like it probably wouldn't be the same like as it happens in the game like if there were to be like if disney were to make movies of this like we just say like how they could do it in the best way what would be a simplified way like because I know we all want like a 40 hour version of like what you can do on Terrace, but sometimes you have to, you have to, <laughs> yeah. you, have to you have to shorten things a bit, but. Well, yeah, like, I hated Paragus. I'll tell you that Paragus <laughs> was, I hated Paragus every, when I had to get a new Xbox and do that thing again. And I always swore up and down that if I did a KOTOR 2 movie saga, like Paragus was going to be the first 10 minutes. I was going to do to Paragus what I did to Manon. Yeah. Um, but like, remember how excited you were when you got off Terrace for the first time, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of people that, like you say, they're like, well, we missed the side plot. Like, how did you get, you never really explained how you got um, T3M4 because you get him on Terrace. It's like, well, that was just another character. It was just too many characters for me to deal with. 
but you know we open it we open episode two and he's already with the party and there's a throwaway line about how uh he got it um from a Zabrak, so we kind of hint that he's getting it from Bowerdor. Um, but you know, that was our own Logan verse side story, but I agree. There's so many different subplots and side stories that you can kind of pull from, which is what's great about KOTOR is that you can, you can faction, you can make your own super movie out of whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And kind of what we, we talk about is like, just like, you know, Terrace, Dantwing, Kashik, cause Kashik is like a jungle city and Terrace is like, a city of a jungle, you know, and so they. Oh, I like, like that. They kind of mirror each other. Like, Terrace is corrupt, but then like it is destroyed. So there's that descent, and then you have Dantooine, and then like you have uh, a victory on Kashik. So it's kind of a nice reversal for a good hero's journey. And then how we structure the second one, I'm still kind of like. With Star Wars trilogies, you have a hero's journey episode for the first iteration, then it, it goes genre, and then it's kind of like a redemption or fall for the third iteration. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, is it kind of more like a treasure hunt, kind of like Indiana Jones, or is it kind of like a spy spy movie for the second one, or is it kind of both? So I kind of play around with Manon and Tatooine. I don't know which one I would do first, personally. But I like it because, in a way, like, Bastel is kind of like a spy. She isn't being honest, like, about what mm-hmm. she knows. So she's kind of like, I haven't really played Among Us, but I guess you could make a you can make a meme out of that or something. But, sus. Uh, <laughs> Bastel is sus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you definitely do want to, like, have them looking for the star maps and stuff and then i think it is good to like go to tatooine and kind of like develop that bastilist character and backstory and like if it's a male revan kind of a bit more of a romance and like tatooine is a big part of that and then yeah um, with her mother and stuff like that too i mean that's that helps that's the you know it starts launching them kind of more on their romance path uh that's how i used it you know yeah um Manon has horror elements too. I mean, the I don't know what version you saw, the Magfest version, literally that Manon's the first ten minutes, but I, I digress. I do I don't hate Manon so much that I cut it out. It was just for that version I cut it out to the first ten minutes. But the special edition and also the original version, which is still online, you can find it. It's just not as good a quality. We have Manon and I made it like a horror movie. Like the the the, the crazy cell cath and their fishy little screams and I had the full on and our special edition is going to push that even further. We're like, I want Manon to be, uh, you know, it's down. And that's, what's cool too, about you pairing it with Tatooine is Tatooine's in the bright sun in the desert. And in Manon, you're in the depths, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, you know, we try to make that more like a horror movie. Ecological, uh, opposites. Yeah. And on the surface <laughs> of Manon, you, you, you have a world where it's kind of like a cold war because, yeah. um, Colto is kind of like, the the petroleum of the day like everyone's like <laughs> yeah. oh we kind of just need that you know for you know oil you know and like and they can't attack each other yeah I love it. so and it's kind of like i think manon foreshadows like different people's alignments with the force because like bastel is kind of in the balance and mm-hmm. so is revan because he's going to figure out who he is and then Bastila, if you kind of listen to her, it's like, yeah, the council kind of really did a number on her. Like, she's going to fall to the dark side. So, 
What I like oh, about yeah. Manon is like it's kind of like a Cold War, so it's like it's like half Jedi, half Sith, or I guess half Republic, half Sith. So it's like you're kind of like ooh. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a different dynamic. So like I'm like, do I want in a movie? It's like, what do you want to start with that or end with that? And then the belly of the whale would be the Leviathan, where like Revan finds out who yeah. he is, they're in danger, and then Bastila gets captured, like, and then it just kind of ends on that down note. Yeah, I was I was glad I was able to use the Xbox footage for, you know, the Xbox had an exclusive where you could download yavin base or whatever and so if you see episode two it ends with on yeah over overlooking yavin and uh that's an xbox we couldn't even do that with the i'm curious how we're gonna do that with the special edition now i'm gonna have to text him because <laughs> yeah i if i if i remember correctly it was an xbox exclusive the, the the yavin base but maybe i'm wrong i i could be completely wrong i'm playing it on my laptop and there is a yavin level maybe they oh really maybe it was a patch so yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that was ever officially released. I remember, um, I remember when that came out though, and it was just a little base, and you go there and you meet some crazy Rodian, I think. Yeah. It's there. Um, <laughs> he, he's a he's a character. That helps our special edition because I mean <laughs> everything now we, we completely, you know, and Jenks and and uh, Iceman they're they're really great with uh, getting the best quality textures. Uh, there's so many. They just keep. It's like it's like you take these 2003 graphics and it's up res now to HD, full on HD. I've seen it because I see the imported files when we're editing it. Um, but it's still like the 2003 graphics. But then they're able to like retexture it, and it's still the same number of polygons, but it's as clean. The best textures when you see the some of the the shots in the Revan thing, like it is really high quality. It's just the 2003 graphics, but it's they've never looked better anywhere. You know. Yeah, definitely. Like that, that was one of the things that, you know, it definitely looked like it was a upraised version of, of Kotor. Like it, it looked, it looked authentic. But it, yeah, definitely as you're saying, it looked incredibly clean and uh, and polished. How great is that Malik? Matt, I mean, we took the Malik um, with his jaw, obviously, and uh, we got we added like the Jedi insignia, and we gave him. I wanted to give him like kind of Clone Wars ish kind of, uh, like. Um, armor you know what i mean yeah uh and so in the in in later scenes where he's not in armor he won't have that same armor with the shoulder pads stuff like that but um i really i'm really proud i'm proud of my favorite comments we've gotten about the revan thing was just about um that just felt like it was in that universe you know what i mean that we were able to use the what the assets we could it takes forever because we're trying to build every asset almost from scratch the next episodes, uh, it calms down for one episode, and then we have a third episode, and it's literally inspired by Indiana Jones. Um, it's because the main character that Revan meets, who becomes a love interest, her name's Sarah Lockhart, and she is a treasure hunter. She's basically like Indiana Jones, and she's going after Sith daggers and all these kind of things, and she kind of stumbles upon Revan, and then their two interests uh, for, become similar. And there's a, the episode three is going to be so great. I, I don't mind spoiling it here. Um, it's on a like a hover train. This whole hover train sequence, and they're jumping from cart to cart, and you know it's it's very much inspired by the you know uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when in the opening thing with young Indy jumping up, you know to and fro the, the circus train and stuff like that. Really a great play playground to make everything kind of out of scratch for you know. That sounds that sounds incredible. Do you currently like envision it being like a three-part series, six-part series, or? 
Well, uh, yeah, I guess I can tell you, and this can kind of go into the, the announcements too. So, um, Revan, the series, uh, was originally going to be a movie, and we have a full script, uh, and it is, I'm telling you, it is, it is amazing. And it's also very difficult to do. If we were to do it all in one go, because every asset has to be built from scratch, including like the train, or, you know, we, ha- we you can see in the trailer we had Logan, or uh, Revan, I keep calling him Logan, he's not Logan at the time. <laughs> We have Revan riding uh, these big dragons. We're, we have this whole – that hover train sequence then concludes with them hopping on dragons and racing away from these beast riders and stuff. Like uh, it's he, this total swashbuckling thing uh, that we wanted to show because it's, that takes place before the invasion of Mandalore uh, or Mandalore's, Mandalorian's invasion. We have the full script and we have a full treatment for three scripts. But we, we are going to split the first script into about 10 to 12 episodes and that means that it might even be more because for us it's like these things take so long to build such as the train and stuff like that that in order to have releases at some sort of a, a, a regular interval some episodes might be shorter the next episode uh is not too too short i think it might be 20 minutes again but it's more world building there's not like a big action set piece so that might not take as long then the third episode of course is the hover train thing so we're looking at about 12 to 15 episodes per movie and so that would mean about 45 episodes for the whole story of the mandalorian wars uh and it covers everything i mean you're gonna see we get to that scene with Bastila on the bridge when Malak turns his, his own weapons on Revan and stuff like that. We get there. Uh, we also added a great mentor character named Cedric Jin, which, yes, it's an obvious nod to Qui-Gon <laughs> Jin, And he ends up being a, a, a pivotal part. And, of course, uh, and so it's going to take a while. And that goes in with this announcement, too. So and we're giving you guys the exclusive so basically, with my cancer diagnosis, it, it is making it difficult as I am the showrunner of The Revan, um, and I, I, I basically will edit animatics. We have about a good quarter of the movie animatic already, uh, and then they go in, and then they animate it, and then I go back and I do the sound design and music score pass and stuff like that. With my cancer diagnosis, obviously, uh, it's kind of put things uh, a little more difficult to finish. Uh, or to get these next things going. So we're not canceling the Revan show by any means. Uh, it is going to be placed, uh, it's, it's, it's not on hold per se. Uh, we're still going to plug away at it because it's something that's important to me. But obviously we can't stick to the schedule we were hoping to stick to because of my cancer diagnosis until I get through this treatment. And, you know, I got, I got the first half of next year is going to be a real uh, fight. And I'm going through, I'm going to be starting the IV chemotherapy and then I'm going through surgery and the recovery and maybe clean up chemo. So uh, I'm in for, I'm in for a big fight, unfortunately, but uh, it's a fight I'm, I'm willing to take. So that said, uh, we're not canceling Revan. Uh, the Revan, the, these shows will get out there and we will be producing, there'll be one or two, probably one Revan episode next year. Um, but we don't want to leave the fans hanging. So basically uh, what the uh, what my team has done is uh, written the what – we always talk about it. And that's why I loved your episode where you were talking about your your ideal KOTOR 3 or how you do it and stuff like that. And we used to always talk about like our ideas for, well, what if we did our own KOTOR 3 that wasn't tied to the MMO and all that? But in the meantime, the other guys on my team, they've taken the point they've already written, which I've read. It's a fantastic script. They basically writ, written their own KOTOR 3. Uh, they Basically a sequel to KOTOR 1 and 2 or a sequel to my three movies and uh, Iceman's four movies. And so this will take place after the events of Knights in the Darkness Part 2. 
and uh, it, it it flashes forward in time. I don't want to get too spoilery because I would probably get really in trouble. But uh, there there'll be some really heavy dramatics. There's a lot of stuff in it, but Mitra is alive and kicking. So is Revan. So is Bastila. And like you were talking about, how the Revan novel didn't cover some of our old favorites, like uh, our, the our sequel covers. You know, there's gonna you're gonna see all of the old faces. Uh, unless you're in the Logan verse, which of course, spoiler alert, uh, I kill off Zalbar. <laughs> I kill him off in episode three. Um, I don't fall. I don't land a moon on him though. I I kill him off in a more epic way where he's he's saving Mission, who he loves. So. What's going to happen is that started out they were going to do a movie, but then they wanted to also say, well, this this TV short show short format is working for us. It will get us more releases out. And so while uh, I will still be continuing working on the next episode of Revan, and like I said, Revan takes longer because every asset has to be built almost from scratch. We're trying to make it feel different but in the same vein. But uh, Brandon and Greg Mitchell, who wrote our Revan script, he wrote the sequel script. Um, and so we're basically going to be doing movies in all three eras of KOTOR next year, or content. We still have the Revan prequels, but that's going to be kind of slowed up a little bit while I kind of beat this cancer. Then we're going to, uh, Jenks is still going to do episode two special edition, so that could finally match the quality of one and three. And then they're going to be working on this sequel series, and they believe the first episode of the sequel series will happen in February. So you'll be able to, you'll, you'll see that. And I'm telling you, uh, again, I, I, at risk of being spoiled, if you're a fan of KOTOR 1 and 2, his Co- Greg's KOTOR 3 script, uh, we, KOTOR 3 script, it's not what it's called, but his sequel script is a love letter to fans of KOTOR 1 and 2, and especially fans of our movies too. So uh, I'm really excited to share that with you guys, um, and I don't want people to be bummed out if they're fans of the Revan thing. The Revan show, uh, you know, that, it... it that will be finished too. We're going to finish everything. We, you know, for us, like the 2003 graphics, um, we don't care about that. So it's never going to age out for us. So as long as uh, we can still access the, the system and fans are still there, we're going to keep creating KOTOR content. So Revan will be kind of put on hold for a little bit. We'll, we'll still be producing it and there'll be another episode or two next year. But not. Uh, we won't be able to finish the series like the original plan. But um, we didn't want to leave anybody without content. And so the announcement is that we are going to do much like we did our Revan show. So you're going to have that same quality. If you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. But we're going to give fans what they wanted. We're going to give fans what we wanted. And we're going to give an official, our version of what a KOTOR 3 movie adaption would be using the assets from the KOTOR games. That sounds incredible. Uh, I'm excited. So February... I wanted to give you guys an exclusive because you guys, like I said, I, I, I've loved your show and it's been a, a, a nice comfort for me um, yeah. dealing with some of my fatigue with the radiation, stuff like that. So, uh, I was, you know, um, we'll, we'll promote the hell out of your show too uh, you. for, for this appearance and so that people can kind of catch the, catch the announcement. And we'll promote uh, your show. Like, uh, it sounds, it sounds like, it doesn't sound like a lose scenario, like it, there's more KOTOR content coming out. Oh, tons. And I want to steal Coden's name. I want to use Coden <laughs> Bon as a character name. That's a that's a good name. And Cassia. Oh, We're, yeah. I'm going to write you guys both in the movies. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be more Star Wars fan content and uh, Star Wars canon content. So I think next year, yeah, I, I, hopefully it's better than this one. Yeah, we appreciate having you on. Is there anything else yeah, thank you. You'd, you would like to plug? 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I would just say, uh, you know, RevanTrilogy.com, and you'll, you'll find our YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, I love our community that we have. We're not viral. Um, it would be nice to go viral. I mean, it would be amazing if one of these got picked. We, we always thought, like, you know, just one eyeball catches it, and they retweet it, you know, to the masses, that people would, would look at this and be like, hey, like, I know it's the 2003 graphics, but the heart and soul of Star Wars is there, especially for the KOTOR fans. And I think there is this new uh, evolution of, of fans that are familiar with SWOTOR more than KOTOR. Yeah. Um, which, you know, uh, I think that they would love to going back and seeing what KOTOR would be like. But it's hard. You know, it's hard to get people on board when they just think the graphics are crap. But it, yeah. it, those are the fans that we, we don't necessarily need. We, we love our fan base. Um, and that's why we continue doing it. It's a hobby for us. And uh, we don't do it. We've never done it for money. We've never done it for accolades or anything. We just do it for, for the diehard fans that have been with us for so long. So, yeah, com. And then, again, uh, if you're fans of the movie Trivia Schmodown, you can look up and just type in YouTube Kevin the Smasher Smets. And uh, you can see the character that I play. It's obviously nowhere near what I'm like in real life. But, yeah, you can see me pop the hoodie and, and, and make mean mugging faces and uh, answer questions about, you know, uh, Back to the Future and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC and Harry Potter and all that. So you can find me there at Kev Smets on Twitter. And then I'll keep everybody up to date with all of our KOTOR stuff. And yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on too. It, it, it's, it's been great. So we'll promote everything and we'll try to we'll try to help you go viral. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome. Right? So. It would be good. Well, it's just for the KOTOR uh, just getting the more love. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and... I think they just announced it this week um, that KOTOR 2 is going to be released on, uh, I believe, Android and Apple devices. Like, Great. So, uh, that gave, that, that'll help your podcast, too, because when the, uh, the app came out for the first game, we saw a noticeable bump in subscriptions and views and stuff like that. So yeah. more people will start searching KOTOR out, and then they'll discover it. And look, some people want to play the game. I would never say don't watch the game, but if you ever want to, after you play the game, be like, hey, this is a, a cool movie. That's why I tried to make it as different from the game in a lot of places by stripping all the music and making it more cinematic and stuff like that because if you, chances are you've played the game. You don't want to watch someone play the game again. You want to see how this would be presented as a movie, you know? Yeah. All right, well, I appreciate it. And you can find us on Instagram at Evan Hawk Podcast. And then our podcast, The Evan Hawk, can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out immensely. And our email is evanhawkpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us your questions and business inquiries there. And then Conan can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash codenbond. And he typically streams Thursday evenings, 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then his Instagram is also Code and Bon. And our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shoreman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. And then our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been the Ebon Hawk Podcast. May the Force be with you. We'll be back soon. Bye for now.